The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome European adult star on the rise, Shadow Dimitri. Welcome to the show, Shadow Dimitri. Uh, thank you, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. It is great to have you on. In my opinion, you're incredibly buzzworthy. You're doing incredible work, so I'm really hyped about getting the chance to chat with you about this career that you've had so far. Uh, it's been a very enjoyable career, so I, I enjoy what I do, so happy to talk all about it. Fantastic. Well, typically, I like to start off these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So what's your height and weight? I am six foot three. Um, weight? I'm going to be honest with you. I have not weighed myself, so I do not know what my weight is currently. Um, I need to fix that, actually. Uh, um, I couldn't tell you the weight, I'm afraid. But um, anything else you want to know, I'm happy to give it. What's your ethnic background? Background is mixed. Um, mixed African, Caribbean. Uh, I um, you know, grew up in the States and in the UK. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a mixed bag. What part of the Caribbean? Bahamas and uh, Nigerian. What's your zodiac sign? I am a Libra. And how old are you? I'm 40. Let's get to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Uh, originally born in Atlanta, but didn't really get to see much of it. Atlanta, Georgia. Um, uh, grew up with my family and stuff in the the UK and a little bit in Ireland. So I've been traveling a lot with my family, but I've, most of my family are all settled down in the UK at the moment. Now that's incredibly interesting. Yeah, that's 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 a fascinating journey. So what was life like? Growing up for you, what was young Shadow Dimitri like? Um, I was always a creative. I enjoyed creating things, uh, projects, movies. I was into most of the creative arts. I used I I'm an illustrator. I used to sing. I used to dance. Um, anything creative, I'm hyperly drawn towards it. So, um. Grew up, uh, I have uh, five siblings, we're all very very tight, very close to each other, and uh, yeah, mom and dad still together, everything, um, very traditional family unit. So what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Uh, The funny thing is, uh, I bumped into the adult industry by accident, because I was doing similar things. I used to run kink and swing events, um, and that was pretty much how I kind of got into the more adult kind of things. Um, I go to very kinky um, parties and stuff, and 
it was from there I made friends with a few people who gave me a chance to actually uh, almost audition or to take part in a, a porn production. And it's blown up ever since, and I've been super grateful for it. Oh, that's incredibly fascinating. So it's one of those right place, right time type of situations. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm absolutely grateful to every single person that actually helped me on that journey because it was a lot of learning curve and um, a lot of things I did not know, but then I had some really good people to really help me. Prior to that moment, when you got the offer, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to try to experience, you know, a, a pipe dream in the back of your mind? It was, it was one of those kind of conversations you have with your friends in college, like, Oh yeah, I can do porn. And Oh yeah, I'm going to be a porn star. But it's one of those throwaway comments that you say in jest, but in reality, you're not sure that you'd ever actually go through with it. Um, and I think in my later years, I was just like, why not? I don't want to actually regret not actually giving this a proper fair shot. So I kind of just jumped right in. And to be honest, it's one of the decisions I'm actually really grateful that I actually took the chance on. In total, how long have you been in the adult industry? About two years. I'm still considered a very much a newbie, but it's been a roller coaster in those two years. Right. Uh, absolutely. It's, it, I, I, I just feel humbled when I look around and see just how fast things have progressed. Um, but yeah, I'm super grateful for everything. Very awesome. Okay. So two years, your star is rising. Let's, let's talk about your performer name. Where did the name shadow Dimitri come from? <laughs> the, um, it's, I wish it was very, very um, well thought out. When I was first starting off in the industry, um, I a lot of friends know me as Dimitri, as one of my names. And um, just to differentiate my um, regular account name to my um, kinky porn kind of name, I just put the word shadow in front of it, and it stuck. And to be honest, it's... I wish there was more of a deep backstory to it, but that's pretty much it. Let's talk about the very first time you were on set, your very first shoots in the industry. <laughs> what was that experience like for you? What was going on in your mind the first time you shot a scene? I almost didn't complete it. I almost bombed so hard on my very first shoot. Um, I got to work with the studio, and um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but um, they've been amazing. Um, Pure CFNM, um, UK company, and, and they were just amazing because on my first shoot, I I got stage fright. It, things didn't go to plan, and I was ready to walk away. I thought that was it for me. I only get one shot, and... I was lucky that my co-performers really, really helped me through. Um, and if they're listening, uh, every single one of you, I really appreciate you to the moon and back. Um, you really got me through it. And, um, yeah, it just gave me a little bit more belief that I can actually um, do this. So, um, 
yeah so if anybody is thinking it's uh, easy let me please say it's not you what you have in your head about um porn it, there's a lot of work that goes in it there's a lot of things that, that people don't tell you um, when you're outside looking in but uh, it's a lot of work i love that you had a really supportive uh, group of co-performers co-stars in the scene yeah because you know problems like that could immediately go left and uh, you know if you, especially if you don't have supportive co-stars that understand it's your first time doing a shoot like that so it's wonderful that they made an unfortunate bit of a situation much better for you so props to them um that's yeah. really interesting that you did the pure CFNM as the first one because those uh those shoots are are a little different than yeah. the normal porn shoot um so so it was almost like you know it was almost kismet you know you already had a a much more unique style of scene where you had a bunch of co-stars and they were all incredibly supportive so they were able to turn a situation where for you you were like oh shit i might yeah. not do this ever again they were able to make it much better which which is awesome to hear so i yeah i just wanted to add to that it was um my very first um scene was um me and four four lady uh, four female performers and like i said it was it was nerve-wracking but they helped me get the scene completed it was yeah they they really went above and beyond because they could have just um sat back and just watched me tank but they they really really helped me they 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 kind of guided me through that first scene and i i feel that um, there are people like that. There are some wonderful performers that do ha take the time to to really help each other out. I love that. For the listeners out there that have no idea what we're talking about, CFNM, clothed female nude male. So basically, for the most part, I mean, there, there are scenes where, where the women end up getting a little naked. Um, but for the most part, the male performer is nude and the female performers typically have more clothes on and that's, that's correct situation. Yeah. yes so after that scene because i mean that was that was your first scene period yes but that wasn't i mean well i mean it's porn so it, it is all hardcore but it's not what you think of in your mind as porn you usually think of in your mind as porn as like a, a duo scene where mm -hmm. there's penetration and that sort of thing how long after that did you finally get your first much more traditional porn scene almost a few days after that um, oh awesome okay so, um again the female performers um uh booked um collab days it was the first time i even knew about the word collab um where the the performers will meet up they'll film the content themselves and um share the content so that they can um, sell on different platforms and um one of which was back at the same studio and they helped me through that as well. And my proper first studio after pure uh, CFNM was um, a Red Sign Studio. And I 
we had to work with some legends of the game. I, it was the most nerve-wracking thing because pure CFM, I had to work with four stunning women. And then almost that the next um, shoot I had to do, I had to work with Lacey Starr, um, Sahara Knight, um, Lola Marie, and uh, Satine Sparks, and literally was thrown into the gauntlet of having to shoot me and uh, four legends in a traditional penetrative hardcore scene. And again, it was, I think it was the confidence and help I got from pure CFM that got me through that one, because that was also very nerve wracking. I love that all these jitters sort of have, have like come up during these first couple scenes. And I, I love your honesty about it because I mean, it is normal. You know, it is a part of the process. You know, not everybody's going to be immediately comfortable doing stuff in front of the camera, especially even if you have had experiences sort of like what you were doing already kind of adult adjacent, adult industry adjacent prior to entering the business. You know, sometimes you have to get over those nerves to get your star to shine even brighter than ever. And, and clearly you are an example of that because you have been doing damn well in the industry my friend. So uh, props to you for, for going through some industry growing pains and coming out of that stronger and, and brighter. Yeah. Um, again, I, I've been lucky. I, I, I don't doubt that for a second. Yes, there's a, a whole bunch of hard work to get there. But again, I honestly say that with everything that's happened, with the people who I've met, with the friendships that I've I've cultivated. I've been lucky, um, and I don't ever take that for granted. Um, you know, so it's it's been one of those journeys that I'm like, oh, it could have all gone a completely different direction, and I'm just glad it's gone the way it has. Absolutely. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Before it was just the excitement, and nowadays it's the creativity. I like taking an idea and putting a spin on it and um, working with other creatives and actually just bouncing ideas off each other and coming up with something that we're all kind of really proud about because it's not just the actual performing side of it. For me, it's the producing something that I can look back on and be like, oh, yeah, I was a part of that. I loved it. So um, it's the craft. I, I, I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to learn from people who have a lot more experience than me because for me, it's a craft. It's an art, and I just want to just keep getting better at it. So um, I think that's what I enjoy day to day because every single scene, every single collab, every single uh, performer I get to work with is so uniquely different. Every No one shoot is the same, and I enjoy that. Let's talk a little bit about the good and the bad about being on set, being at a porn shoot. When you're on set, when you're ready to shoot, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? What turns me on is if there's a connection between uh, myself and the model. And I know sometimes you don't get enough time to make those connections. But when you do, it's it's electric. So what kind of turns me on is like there's a 
I know people use this cliche chemistry, but it's it's super important because if you're having that chemistry with uh, that other performer, it shows um, your performance. It shows in your performance. It shows in your acting. It shows on camera. It's it's very obvious. And when you don't have that um, chemistry, that also shows. And it's a lot harder to sell something and like get people to believe it when you don't believe it and you have in doubt. So. I don't ever underestimate the power of just trying to get to know someone and just trying to build that connection, even though it's in a brief moment, just making that extra effort to try and get to know the other person that you'll be working with and the director and the videographer and the lighting, whatever. You just need to get to know the people around you so that you can produce your best. But I don't know if I went off on the tangent, but um, in terms of turning on, uh, yeah, I do like um, I like vocal. I like people that are very expressive. I mean, the more expressive they are, that I can physically see they're um, they're enjoying themselves. It rubs off on me. So I think that's also some, sort of something I can say is a massive turn on for me. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, oral, vag, or anal? The most would be vag. Um, Followed by oral, then anal. In a scene, do you enjoy being rimmed? Again, this is something I actually got into from porn. Um, prior to doing porn, um, the idea of rimming would have been something I would have been probably apprehensive about. But um, again, I've been lucky with the people I've worked with and... I remember my first ever experience on set um, where I kind of went outside my comfort zone and experienced it. And I realized it wasn't as um, terrifying as I made it out in my own head. So again, it, it kind of got me out of my comfort zone to try something new. And so, yeah, I think rimming was something that I got into a lot later. It's not my go-to, but now I'm not so afraid to actually try it or do it. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? And uh, is it the same off-camera? Is it your same favorite position off-camera? This is going to sound weird. I like flamboyant um, positions. I like things like um, stand-in carry, um, stand-in 69, anything that exerts a bit of effort. And a bit of um, acrobatic flair I enjoy doing. Um, lately, I've been lifting a lot of my co-stars. Uh, apologies in advance for those that are afraid of being lifted, but uh, it is one of the positions I like because it looks great on camera. Does that mean you enjoy lifting off camera as well? Um, off camera, I'm very much a romantic. Off camera, I like that one-to-one -one connection. I... I'm not looking to do any showboating. I'm just looking to connect with the person in front of me. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's more deep. It's more passionate. There's a lot more grinding and rhythm and, you know, very sensual in my play when it's off camera. But on camera, um, I kind of go with what is expected or what is uh, asked of me. So I can do either or. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the cum shot, the money shot. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? Okay. Um, 
I would genuinely say, um, depending on the, sometimes um, it started off being cream pie, and then I, I kind of started to really enjoy um, on the butt or on the boobs. Um, yeah, and if someone is like uh, very vocal or um, like. Uh, expressive sometimes the face so it's weird i'm saying all these different positions it's not really giving you a pinpoint of my exact favorite but it literally depends on the performer because uh, each performer i would like to come somewhere different i like it shadow dimitri is a come artist <laughs> <laughs> yes you're the uk's picasso oh yes we must paint dreams <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, wet dreams, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yes, I love it. Fantastic. All right, so how would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? I'd like to call it the gentleman dom. Um, I can be quite dominant, but it's done with some level of flair and style. I'm I'm not just a hardcore fucker i will again depending on who i'm working with i like to add finesse i like to add a bit of style and it's a bit of um because of my roots and my um growing up i like to add a little bit of swivel a little bit of wine a little bit of like you know (laughs) let's just call it black flavor but um the gentleman dom is probably the easiest way i could describe it because it's it is dominant, it's respectful, but it's also gentle and places. Now, something that I want to pick your brain on is because you have been starring recently in productions for a website that I would say is incredibly infamous. It, it is a fan favorite, Legal Porno. Yeah. Now, Legal mm. Porno's <laughs> scenes are, and I say this with love, they're batshit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they, in the best way possible. If you're into crazy positions, if you're into crazy penetrations, if you're into double everything, double penetration, double vag, double anal, fans of mm-hmm. all of that and more can get all of that with legal porno mm-hmm. scenes. So I want to get your take on... Two things that I would say the typical listener who's living their day-to-day life and is having traditional, in air quotes, sex, they're probably Mm. never going to have double vag or double anal in their Mm -hmm. life. So you Mm. as a performer who's worked with legal porno, and I would say one of the prerequisites of legal porno is to do double vag and double anal. Yeah. Have you had the chance to do that on film yet? And what is that experience like? I'm going to assume that there's a lot of choreography, in essence, um, that has to be done to make sure that, number one, it is physically possible, and number two, it is visually possible so that the camera can actually pick it up. Yeah, there there is a lot of that. But before I go into that, I just need to put a quick disclaimer. Um, It's... I came from a kink background, so I've I've seen people have certain kinks and stuff like that. So um, 
I can't judge what people are into in terms of um, kinks and stuff, but the anal and what people might seem as extreme in legal porno, it's just people, um, there's a market for it because there's people who are into that kind of thing. And it's, I think it would be wrong for me to um, sit there and say, oh, it's it's legal porno is bad or extreme. It's not. It's just catering to a niche. Um, just like every other porn um, production, they're catering to their customer fan base. So um, I agree with you on that. Yes. Yeah. So that being said, in to to answer the question, yes, there is a very high um, amount of choreo involved um, and positioning, because and a lot of logistics just to make sure everything happens and happens safely. So. Um, a lot of people just see the extreme stuff and think that we haven't done any due diligence in making sure people are safe. There's a lot of that. You, you, the, the safety of the models is paramount. So what you see outside in legal porno um, sometimes worry people because they think, oh, it's just an excuse to be extreme. But there is a lot of duty of mm-hmm. care. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of um, things that go into it to make to make the scenes what they are. And, you know, um, so, yeah, so triple, I have done double anal. I have done um, double vag at um, legal porno. And, yes, it's a logistical nightmare of trying to get um, guys to be able to comfortably penetrate without um, doing any real massive harm to the girl. So, um yeah, it's a challenge, but um, lucky that we have some really good people there, like behind the camera, um, even the co- my co-stars. Um, we're very, very much encouraging each other. So it's almost like a little family there. So, um, yeah, if I don't know if I've, I've answered it, but, yeah, it's, it's a logistic nightmare to just, but it, it's done well with the right people involved. I love the sound of all of that. I mean, I mean clearly... It's it's a massive production. It is uh, there's a lot to look at in regards to just what goes into and what goes on in a legal porno set. I mean, it's great to hear that you know you're with a team that clearly you know knows exactly what it's doing and it features performers that you know are are incredibly comfortable in showcasing you know kinks and that sort of thing that the viewers want to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, it's time for the big question, Shadow Dimitri, a question that I'm sure a lot of your fans and supporters might be curious to know. How much is Shadow Dimitri packing? <laughs> um, I may disappoint you. I have never actually stopped to measure myself. I've always realized that I'm it's a respectable size and I don't need that for my ego. I don't need to measure it to like validate anything. I just know that I, everyone that I seem to work with enjoys it. So I, that's all I need. It may not be the answer the listeners want, but it's the (laughs) answer that they're getting. I mean, if it was, I don't know how true this is, but I, again, I, I did, I can't remember which performer actually told me that they measured me. Um, I believe it was under grounds of uh, nine inch. But again, 
I have not personally gone and done it myself to verify or deny that, so. Yes, all right. So, Shadow Dimitri is packing. We just don't know the exact amount of package. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There isn't an exact size to the package, but he's packing. Now, something that we talked about a couple of questions ago that I want to pick your brain on is the cum shots. I mean, the cum shot is incredibly notorious in the adult industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's known as the money shot. And, yeah. uh, you know, something that male performers, you know, have to do at the end of a scene is pop for the camera. Yeah. So what do you do in preparation for that? Do you do anything in particular to make sure that, um, for lack of a better word, your pop shot pops for the camera? Again, it's because everything is all mental. It's just trying to clear my mind from any doubts and stuff and just try to remember to enjoy myself and to focus on the things that I liked about the scene and the things I like about my co-performer. So um, it definitely helps if, um, because I'm a very visual person, it helps if I'm... um, I can focus on areas of my performer, um, a co-performer that actually arouses me, and I use that as a, a as a focal point. And it, majority of the time, it gets me there. But there are times where you do need a little bit of extra help. But that's my process at the moment. So far, in the time that you've been in the industry, in the two years that you've been in the adult industry. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Now, to give you a little wiggle room and to give you an out, just in case you forget people, this isn't necessarily like a top five list or anything like that. You know, just names that pop into your mind at this point in time that you sort of think back on and you're like, wow, that was a good scene. Um, I'm going to be honest. We will be here all day. There is uh, a lot of people that, I've just been blown away with by working with them. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah, is it going to be? I'm going to be honest. It's going to be a really long list. I, I don't think it's fair because I would, you and your poor listeners, are going to be here for about over a day or two as I keep listing every fond memory that I've had with different performers. Um, so yeah, I don't think I have a hierarchy in terms of my favorite, but. Um, Victoria Peach, uh, Lola Marie, um, Dia Vola, uh, Ganja Babe UK, uh, Fire Girl, uh, 1980, uh, Rosa. Uh, wow, this is wow. This is, as I'm even talking to you, there's more just keeps popping in my head. This is Erin um, Moore. M. De Sosa, there's, oh my God, this is hard. There's so many, and I feel like there's, there's so many names that I can't, I can't get off my head right now, but trust me, the, I've been lucky with so many great, great performers. And that's the ones I can remember in the UK. Uh, even the ones in Prague have been absolutely outstanding as well. Now, hopefully this is an easier question, because we're going to work on the power of manifestation. Okay. Who, who have you not worked with that you are looking forward to working with in the near 
future? Who's on your wish list? Who's on your dream list? Who would you love to work with? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Ava Austin happens to be one. Um, and um, I think um, oh, my mind's gone black. There's one that I, I I've had the privilege of actually messaging, so I'm I'm really hoping that I I can get them. But yeah, at the moment, I think uh, Ava is just one at the moment. Are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to? Are there any individuals in the industry, whether they are in front of the camera or behind the camera? that inspire you and what you're trying to do with your slice of the industry? So many people inspire me. Um, there's been people that have been there for me from the very beginning, and they constantly give me advice and encouragement. Um, Lacey, Lacey Starr and Steve from Red Science Studio, um, you know, uh, Innocent Hot Wife, um, my friend, videographer, um, artistic photos, um, Longwood, Logan Scott. There's so many people that I just look at and I'm like, I, I want to get to that level of where they are. Um, and King Nassar. <laughs> there, is, there is so many people that I just see their work and I'm just blown away. Um, Marcus Quillian as well, um, Thousand Faces. There's so many people that... Um, that what they produce in terms of art is just uh well I, see i see most porn stuff as art and i know people sometimes look at me like i'm crazy but i genuinely do um it's i see productions like black i see productions like uh vixen and all of those like legal porno i see them as an art form so um those are the people that keep pushing the kind of stuff that I want to create, the kind of stuff that I want to get out there. It's, it's all thanks to people like that in front of me. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that inspire me. But um, off the top of my head, those are the ones I remember. But they're not limited to just those, but those are the ones that I remember. You mentioned a lot of great people in the industry. So certainly those are fantastic individuals to look up to and to be inspired by and i do agree with you i i feel like porn is art at the highest level in my opinion on occasion um it's incredible erotic art uh, so i co-sign all of that now what i want to do is shift gears a little bit and uh talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry and the first question i have for you is are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? Um, there are just too many. Um, there's a misconception that porn performers are like just deviants, that people that they're, they're some of the, the best minds and the most kindest people I've met are porn performers. Some of the most thoughtful like and well-rounded humans I've been lucky to be around are porn performers, you know, and it's, there's a horrible misconception that, you know, they're just sex-starved or sex-crazed humans, and they're not. Um, also, that um, misconception of um, it being a um, STD-ridden kind of thing, and it's it's 
it's one of the industry where people really do look after each other. They really do care. And I've, I've seen so many examples of it. But um, when you do talk to other people, you do, you hear people having really almost middle-aged middle, uh, middle kind of thought patterns about it. And they think, oh, if you're a porn performer, you're immediately disgusting or you're this or you're that. And it's, it's so far from the truth. Um, there'll probably be more that I'll remember after this interview, but again, those are the ones that jumped out at me, at me at the moment. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? Sometimes um, people have reasons why they don't attend or they can't um, fulfill their commitments in terms of um, keeping to dates and stuff. So some. There's a massive um, increase on uh, cancellations. That's the one thing that I think is rife at the moment. Um, people are so quick and so easy to um, cancel shoots. Now, I know that there's always the outliers. There's things that happen. There's circumstances that are beyond your control sometimes. So, But it's the one that don't communicate or don't let you know and, you know, they or they ghost you when you've um, booked time off or you've scheduled to um, work with them. And it's not just an individual thing. It happens to studios. It happens to uh, people that I'd be surprised that, you know, um, I've seen some really, really famous porn stars have people cancel on them. And it's just the one thing I've noticed is happening a lot. A lot of people are not honoring their um, commitments and, attending shoots they are quite easily cancelling for either a better option or a paid shoot or whatever the reason is um it's just the communication needs to be better i think once that communication is better things will move a lot better but at the moment there's a massive disconnect and a massive miscommunication going on at the moment with some performers not all mm-hmm I appreciate the candor. I mean, I would say this. Communication is incredibly important in any type of relationship, whether it's a romantic one or or a working one. And a lack of communication it can be incredibly unprofessional in, you know, the professional arena. So it's unfortunate. Listen, as someone who interviews performers, the same shit happens to me. <laughs> you know, I will confirm an interview I get a confirmation, and then, boop, the interview doesn't happen. Um, and has to get rescheduled and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, even as someone who is just interviewing the people in the industry, um, yeah, it, it can happen to a non-performer as well with individuals inside of the adult industry. doesn't make it any better. I feel like, you know, if you can't make it, just, you know, a message. That's all you need to do. Absolutely. Yes. Because, you know, one day it'll happen to you, and you're not going to like it when someone, you know, bails on you. I'm just saying. You know, it's always going to come back around. Karma works good like that. Oh, yeah. As a black man in the adult industry, have you ever experienced any racism, colorism, discrimination, or microaggressions? <laughs> Uh, without going into detail, yes, I think it would be ridiculous to assume if this does not happen in 
that the porn is exclusively different. Um, in life in general, you'll experience some aspects of it. Um, so, yeah, porn is no different. It's just that um, there is a, sometimes it works to your advantage. There's a over-sexualization on black males and it's, um, but sometimes that works I say positively because it gets you more work and people want to hire you, but it's like there are times where it can come across as you are just a um, just a certain shade and a dick, and that's sometimes it's hard to sometimes wrestle your mind around it. But at the same time, um, I've been in this industry. I've learned to um, turn that off and treat it as a business and treat it as a okay, how do I use this to my benefit? How do I use this to um, uh, push my career forward and stuff rather than um, sit there and think of it as a victim and think, oh, woe is me. This is happening. That is happening. So um, probably not the best answer that I'm giving, but it's just trying to um, take a bad situation or take something that would normally make me feel down and try my best to turn it into some sort of a positive. You actually brought up an interesting point that I would love to uh, follow up with you about the fetishization of black men in porn. You know, in some scenes, and there are some content creators out there that uh, end up incorporating elements of this in their, like, original content and that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on... Um, well, just as, as I said, the fetishization of black men in the industry, as well as the usage of, for lack of a better word, racially charged language in how scenes are sold online, the titles that are used like in their original content, you know, like the, the titles that they give the actual scene, the finished product, and, and that sort of thing. Annoyingly, I... It's 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 gonna be it's weird because there is a lot of that, but at the same time, it's if people were not searching for that, people will change what how they name things, how the algorithm works. People are only going for where the money is, and some of these, um, as for lack of a better word, racially charged titles, unfortunately, they well, fortunately or unfortunately, they sell, and a lot of people seek it out. It's a uh, it appears as one of the most um, commonly searched terms. So um, until we change that and change the algorithm and change how people uh, um, search for uh, certain content, it, it's never going to change. So um, it's just one of those things that it's a, um, again, a necessary evil. I know there are some performers that um, they have a very strong stance on it, and um, I stand with all of those um, performers, and I, I raise my hat to them. But at the same time, it's one of those things that um, it is a business. It is it's as much as I hate to admit it. It's um, it's what sells, and it's 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 what drives eyes and to your page and, and people to buy your content. So I can't then knowing all of this begrudge another creator for wanting to capitalize on it. So I think each creator has it, it's their own responsibility of how they want to accept certain um, labels, as it were. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the candor. 
What I want to talk to you about now is safety on sets. I want to get your take as a content creator, as someone who films collabs for you know your original content and that sort of thing. What do you do on set to make sure that you know not just yourself but your collaborator feel safe? Um. A lot, actually. Um, you have a, a prearranged conversation. Um, the, you talk about your boundaries, your levels, what what you are and not comfortable in doing. You um, you get yourself regularly checked out, and you you see each other's um, medical certs, and just to make sure that everything is up and up. And you also um, you know, take just like a little bit of duty of care, like, you know, have a debrief, like, like before and after the scene, like to find out how they, how, what they experienced and whether they were happy with um, how the scene went and anything that they would have liked to have changed. There's so much you can actually do just to, um, like a little bit of a duty of care, just to make sure that your co-performer is okay. Also um, discussing things like any triggers, anything that you might accidentally do, knowing or not unknowing, that might trigger certain things and asking what to do in certain situations. Like, oh, if this happens, are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable with that? It's that communication, like that constant communication. It's super important and it does sometimes help mitigate from any kind of uh, like harm. And it's also... Um, Always do things gradually. Um, there's a there's a temptation to just go in hard if you're being told that you're doing a hard scene, but it's always good to like just gradually build up, see their comfort level, read, learn how to read body languages, and you know also have a verbal and non-verbal communication. This is something I learned in the kink world. So you know you can have your safe words, you can have your words that you say to you want the scene to stop, or you can have your non-verbal communication things to do if say example that their mouth is tied or they they can't get the words out that there's things that they can do that you can um, visually see that tells you that the scene needs to stop or the, the, sh the shoot needs to stop or you need to ease up there's um, these are things you can discuss just to mitigate harm let's talk about romance and the industry or at least dating and the industry. As a performer who's been in the industry for two years now, do you find it difficult to date as a porn performer? I, I do. Um, only solely because um, my background is I am polyamorous, which means I'm not really built for monogamy. Um, I'm, I think ethically non-monogamous is the term I would very much go with, or solo poly. So um, I do have a partner in the industry, um, and we're both poly. So it's, it does make it challenging because there's more communication with uh, someone in the industry than outside because you are literally surrounded by sex. You're literally surrounded by temptation. You're, you're always surrounded by um, just like the heads of jealousy can always creep itself at any point. So I to mitigate, again, I'm just using the word mitigate, but to kind of um, um, allow yourselves to communicate and 
understand each other and set boundaries that and find ways to um, compromise with each other is super important. So anybody trying to get into the industry with another performer, mm-hmm. um, understand it's going to come with so many challenges. Um, you know, um, I say jealousy being one, um, sexual health being another, um, again, communicating being one, understanding each other, compromising with each other. And, um, yeah, just being open and honest is, is a massive thing. But in this industry, um, I, I think in a nutshell, all I'm just trying to say is that um, there is, I've seen couples in relation in, in, in the industry, some of them thriving and they do well and they actually do content together and it's amazing and it's great. And then I see um, other relationships in the industry where, you know, couples get jealous, they start putting barriers and what they their partners can and cannot do, or they um or sometimes you see people stepping out on their partners. There's so many things like people are people, whether you're in the industry or not, but you just got the added pressure of there's infinitely more temptation in the industry because you are surrounded by content creator and content creators and sex everywhere. So, um, yeah, things like clickiness and jealousy and all of that kind of stuff and insecurities, they can rear its heads at any time. So, yeah, uh, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't I'll tell someone to really stop and think about it before engaging in a relationship in this industry because it may sound great on paper but you also have to bear in mind if it goes wrong uh, how are you going to um how are you guys going to uh, marry um get past the social media the the friends the clicks the you know are you guys going to attack each other are you guys going to be civil there's so many things that sometimes makes me wonder if it's worth taking all that risk but at the same time, like I said, I, I know content creators that are in happy relationships and everything is going well. So uh, to each of their own, I guess. Very true. And it sounds like you have a pretty good situation so far. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm grateful. Uh, I have nothing to complain about in that department. Now let's shift away from the serious side of the industry and let's focus on you and your original content tell me about your original productions tell me about what the listeners can find on your many vids a lot of my uh, content is very very situational heavy um i like to do storylines i like to play characters i like to um, take a scenario and put a sexy spin on it um and it's quite versatile I have everything from uh, gangbangs, hot wires, um, uh, orgies, um, situational things like uh, I've even got cockhole stuff. Uh, my content is quite varied, and each of them has a unique kind of uh, Shadow Dimitri flair, let's say. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the creativity of making it. How often do you update? Your many vids. How often do you release new scenes? At the moment, I have. I'm lucky enough to have a backlog, so um, 
I try and release a new scene every week. Um, some, um, and so far it's been nice. I've been able to drip feed co um, content, uh, new trailers, new images, um, because it's not just um, videos. I upload uh, photo sets. I upload um, audio logs. I upload quite a lot of stuff. So I try and have some sort of new content uh, weekly for my many vids. Is there anything, a particular scene type, or any type of content that you currently aren't doing that you plan on adding and implementing into your original content in the near future? I really want to start doing more uh, cosplay, more fantasy work, more um, surreal kind of stories. Um, because as much as um, I enjoy doing the the porn, I also want to try and push myself creatively to try and keep bringing out something fresh. I don't want to get stale. I don't want to just be typecasted. I want to try and um, make the kind of content that people will be like, oh, that's different, or oh, that's nice. And um, so, yeah, so I, I do take a lot of time to plan out my scenes to try and make them as interesting as possible to the best of my ability anyway. And I'm lucky that I have a really, really good um, videographer that we work so well together. So it's, um, we're always bouncing ideas off each other and we're able to keep churning out really amazing content over and over and over again. And uh, I think that's what my fans seem to like and I'm gonna keep giving them that kind of content. Now, the next question that I have for you has to deal with original content, but not in the traditional sense that we talk about in, re in regards to content creators. You're writing a novel? Yes, I am, yeah. All right, talk to the listeners a little bit about that. I don't know how much you can say, but uh, <laughs> if you want to tease them a little bit on uh, Shadow Dimitri in the literary world. Okay, um... A little backstory before this, that my novel is uh, I've been having the same reoccurring dreams since um, I think early college years. I've been having the same dream, like um, without fail, um, even though each night is slightly different, I'll be having one of seven different types of dreams that will creep into my regular sleep patterns. And they're quite fantastical stories. And... Um, I've told them to a few people, and everyone I've spoken to about it has told me this should be a book, this should be a novel, this should be a video game, this should be a TV show, this should be a movie. And, um, yeah, so I just took a stab at it and thought, hey, why not? Let me at least get it out of my brain onto paper and just see if there's a market for it, to see if people actually enjoy it. I mean... That is spectacular. Yeah, it's a dark fantasy novel. Um, simple premise. Uh, a boy finds this uh, girl in a lake, and it's their adventure to reunite her with her lost guardian in a world trying to kill them both. Um, like, the world is very mystical with monsters, demons. So it's quite a dark story. There's a... Like, people do die. It's not a completely a happy ending book, but... Um, it's quite fantastical, and I do hope that people will actually take the time to enjoy it when it's actually finally done. 
It sounds fantastical. Good grief to be in the mind of Shadow Dimitri. My dreams are boring. All my recurring dreams are boring. I mean, they're fun. I mean, I, I won't say that they're boring. But it's it's much more the mundane as opposed to a fantastical world of uh, monsters and demons. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds incredibly fascinating. Good grief, man. Yes, that sounds incredibly fascinating. Not just fascinating for the page, but fascinating to make the leap from the page into live action at some point. That's the dream. So, yeah, so while I'm working on all these other projects, um, I'm trying to eventually get to the point where I can fund some of my more creative projects that I really want to do as well. So, yeah. Fantastic. I love that. I love that, man. It's always great to diversify yourself. You know, the adult industry can be incredibly lucrative, but having your hand in multiple different pots is always incredibly important. So props to you on that 100%. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Shadow Dimitri. Uh, something unique. Um, I am a nerd. I am a fantasy and sci-fi nerd. Um, I'm into like anime, comic books, uh, video games, technology, uh, graphics, illustrations. Um, I'm into a lot of things. Uh, other than what else to say about me? Quirky. Um, yeah, I like Comic Con. I, I enjoy dressing up as. Yeah, I am a self-confessed super nerd. I love that. Okay, so now I completely understand why you want to add cosplay to uh, the original content. Very awesome. Yeah. And the cosplay stuff, I feel like, is going to be really good. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to to seeing that end up happening. Thank you. You're welcome. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Word or less, I uh, am um, <laughs> amazing amazingly dark sense of humor. Uh, love a big nerd, a big kid at heart, uh, a cuddle fiend who like loves cuddles, and uh, yeah, um, creative, approachable, friendly, cuddly guy. I guess. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Okay. Um, again, massive uh, fantasy nerd and stuff. So um, I'd say... Anything from the books of, of Song and Fire, uh, Game of Thrones, for those that don't know that. Um, anything uh, from Andrzej Suskowski. Like, uh, I mean, I did like The Witcher, but I'm not happy with the direction they're taking it. Um, and the sci-fi nerd in me is massively into um, animated shows as well, like, uh, like Rick and Morty. Um, like uh, any of the like the DC animated movies and um, and a lot of anime. Uh, I do watch kind of a lot of anime. Um, 
currently uh, watching Demon Slayer, really enjoying that. I'm going to be honest, since doing, starting doing porn for the last two years, half the time is I don't watch, I don't really get to watch stuff. I'm mainly sitting in front of my computer editing. But when I do, those are the choice things that I gravitate towards. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, okay. Um, God, damn, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Um, huge fan of like people like Neo, um, Injiri, um, I do like uh, Linkin Park. Um, there's a Nigerian artist called M.I. Um, I don't think he's doing much these days, but I'm, yeah, I was a huge fan of his. Um, Prince, or probably Michael Jackson. So, um, I've got Biggie and Tupac in there somewhere. But yeah, um, my taste is all over the place. What are three of your most favorite films? Three of my favorite films. Only because of reachability. Um, I do like, um, I did, I was a massive fan of Fight Club when it came out. Um, and also, uh, the lock, stock, and two smoking barrels kind of most Guy Ritchie films, to be absolutely honest. And um, just to wrap it up, I'll probably say the Lord of the Rings trilogy. What are two foods you can't live without? Pizza, Chinese food. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Um, guilty pleasures? Um... I like to dance to music, even if there's nothing playing. I just like to dance. I like to move. And, uh, yeah, unapologetically, actually. Are you currently binge-watching anything on any of the streaming platforms? Not yet, but I, I'm aiming to binge The Last of Us TV show. Um, it's just sitting there waiting right now. But, yeah, I don't really have anything. Like I said, I rarely watch TV or stream. I'm, I'm mainly working. The Last of Us is really good. We did a podcast about it. Uh, it was uh, exceptional television. Oh, that's a relief. I'm a huge fan of the video game, so I'm just hoping that it does it justice. We had, or I should say, I had a co-host that played the game, and she said it, it was you know, pretty spot on. There are a couple changes, and uh, they do expand a little bit, you know, because it's a television series, so they're able yeah. to do that. But uh, she said uh, that it was pretty spot on. And she even still felt some of the, the emotional stuff that she felt playing the game. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it's a really good interpretation. Oh, that, that's music to my ears. I, 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 I want to enjoy it, so thank you for that. You've actually reassured me. You're welcome. What's next for Shadow Dimitri? What's coming up? What's going to be happening in the near future? What should the listeners be looking forward to from you very soon? Uh, there is so many exciting projects. Um, I'm, I can't say who yet, but there is so many people that are, we are working together on a really, really expansive project. Uh, closest thing I can say is the bit of a series, but... I can't go into any more than that, but it's exciting, and I'm really, really, really excited to be a part of that. Um, 
ultimately, as much as I like to be in front of the camera, I might start taking a stab at being behind the camera, maybe directing at some point. But uh, yeah, I'm currently enjoying myself, and it's been a blast. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as where can they find your original content to purchase? I am on most platforms. I am on um, Twitter is the easiest way to get to me. That's the best way for my fans to engage with me. Um, and my Twitter handle is ShadowDimitri1. Uh, my Instagram is the Shadow Dimitri, and um, my many vids is uh, Shadow Dimitri. So there is lots of ways to get in touch and to um, find my links to buy or to view my um, content. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? I'm super grateful for everything. Um, and for the fans that have supported me and have really been there for me, I, I'm just blown away and I'm grateful for you. Um, you encourage me to keep creating stuff and you make me enjoy what I do. So I get to do what I enjoy and get paid for it. So for that, I am eternally grateful. So thank you. Thank you for all the support and uh, watch out. Some great content coming soon. I love the sound of that. Well, Shadow Dimitri, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. You're welcome. I'm glad you had a great time, and uh, the door is open for more. Whenever you want to come back to update the listeners on what you've been up to, you have an open invitation. I'm going to take you on that. Thank you. Fantastic. I love to hear that. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to One on One with Poppy Julo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Shadow Dimitri and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to One-on-One -on -One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. 
Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.